Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to racism, slavery, human suffering, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Never has Vote Like Your Life Depends On It been more accurate. I'm Kelly. We're going to introduce the most beautiful, wonderful voter restrictions to keep people from voting when they shouldn't. I'm a turd. Uh, In front of you, you'll find your favorite podcast host, Ballot. And if you look here, I've already filled it in for you. I'm Adam, your favorite podcast host. Well, no bills have been passed and our economy's failing, but the citizens' feet have never been more fragrant. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. In America, we're coming up on voting season, so I thought we could talk about voting. I love voting. Nothing bad happens with that. My anxieties. (laughs) We're not going to talk about the current election, just previous ones. So, Uh, This episode is brought to you by our patron, Joe. If you'd like to become a patron and get access to episodes early and into our private Discord, check us out on Patreon. Thanks, Joe. So, etymology of vote. Any guesses? Uh, It's like goat with a V. Votium. Oh, yep, that's it. Oh, wow. Latin votum or votus, meaning a vow or promise. Hmm. How about elect? Electus. Yep, electus. Latin, to pick or choose. Electus, make a note. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I could learn Latin. Yeah, just add us or um to everything. Uh, um, uh. (laughs) so i couldn't find an official fear of voting but it's certainly a thing fear of crowds making the wrong decision fear of the tiny booth fear of getting beaten for being the wrong color lots of stuff (laughs) made of nothing but fear yeah so a little bit of history here in about 500 bce a guy named Clisthenes in Athens was trying to set up a government where everyone got a say. The powers that be shot him down and tried to lock things down to a few powerful families. No, we don't like that. (laughs) Well, so the people up and killed those tools and brought Clisthenes back in. And then all the free landholding men could vote. Yeah, basically. (laughs) And cast votes for their wives. As it was meant to be. Hey, honey, you voted today. (laughs) I got you your sticker. So he set up a democracy, demos meaning people, and kratos meaning strength. God of war. And and everyone got a vote about who was in power. Though, as mentioned, every free, white, land-owning male got a vote. But hey, it was better than, you know, just a group of five people. Yeah, it's it's a step in the right direction. Yep. A half step, maybe. (laughs) So we're on to our acid pop quiz. True or false? Most countries in the world are democracies. That sounds false. I don't know. Like, I think so. Big- I mean, some might have a like a monarch, but they're still, you know, they still have an elected government. I mean, some some do have elections, but uh, still the illusion of choice. <laughs> yeah. You asked. You asked what percentage? No, I'm just saying, are most countries democratic? No. no. I'm gonna say yes. 
Well, this is true to some extent. 57% of countries are democratic, at least a little bit. There's actually a scale of uh, how democratic you are from like zero to 10. Uh, there's no tens. There's a few eights and nines. But yeah, most countries fall on it somewhere. From Russia to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so true or false? In America, more rain equals more likelihood that the Republican candidate will win. I believe that is true. Seems too sure, bizarre not why to not? be true. <laughs> yep, this is true. In 14 presidential elections, people tracked the weather in over 3,000 counties and found that when it rains hard, Republicans win more. Weird. Yeah. They used to have, this is changing, but they used to have a much better uh, absentee balloting initiative than the Democrats did. And also, there's less lines in wealthier areas. Yeah, that and Democrats tend to have more casual voters and poor voters. So people who don't feel that strongly about politics are more likely to stay home out of the wet. And if poor people don't have their own transportation, getting to the polls can be hard in the rain, which doesn't help okay. as well. And then they have to wait in a line. Right. Yeah. I, I always go down to the grocery store and vote right next to the old people who are saying the N-word. Yeah. You make a point of that? <laughs> yeah, I stand next to them on purpose. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> I can't vote until I find them. <laughs> Your casual racism is so... <laughs> so refreshing reminds me of what i stand for which is everything you don't oh right that's how i'm voting so true or false in america natural disasters equal more likelihood that the democratic candidate will win that sounds true i'm gonna say yes there was a big natural disaster in george bush because he doesn't care about black people i was told <laughs> that. that that was after though right i i can't remember whether that whether or not that was his first or second term uh false now well, this is actually false what it's Whichever party isn't in power is oh. more likely to win. <laughs> that makes it's sense. their fault. <laughs> yeah, basically. You cause hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he talked to witches and makes the ground shake. Yeah, I mean, mostly it's just that when a natural disaster happens, there's nothing that the person in power can do that will make everybody happy. Well, no, they, like, can, draw more, they can draw more hurricanes with a Sharpie. <laughs> They're always there's always going to be people that say, oh, they didn't do enough, which, you mm. know, is probably true. But, yeah, it makes people I mean, in not, hindsight. Yeah. So we're on to our fill in the blank. In the original Constitution of the U.S., what percentage of the population was eligible to vote? Come on, teacher, man. Not much. Uh, once again, it was like the white males. 40. I mean, like if how much? Sorry. 40. 40. OK. People I mean, over 40. You, if you think about it mathematically, women couldn't vote, so that uh -huh. cuts out 50% immediately. But then the Native Americans and the black people couldn't vote, So, and black people were a significant population in the South, so I'm going to say it's like 27%. Ooh, I was mm. going to say 25%. Mm. Yeah, undercutter. <laughs> well, it originally said that each of the 13 colonies got to decide for themselves, so there wasn't actually anything on the books, but... Most of the colonies said that who could vote was white men over 21. Oh, I, th who I owned forgot about land. children. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the children. <laughs> Kids. So that was about 6% of the population. <laughs> oh, goody. Oh, wow. gumdrops. <laughs> Democracy. Uh <-huh. laughs> hey, everybody. The founding fathers were never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Hamilton. They sure could sing. <laughs> yeah, so could the king. I've had that song stuck in my head for weeks. George what did I miss? 
So in a list I found of voter turnout in the world, where was the U.S. in that list? Ooh, we're not in the top 10. <laughs> How many countries are there? Yakko, take me away. <laughs> I think this list had 50 countries. 49. <laughs> I think Russia, like 150% of the population votes for Putin, so. Hey, it says here that Lenin cast a vote? Uh, <laughs> uh, out of 50, I'm going to say 35. Yeah, 40. Well, not as bad as you guys thought. It was 26th okay. at 55% turnout, which, so yeah, a bit more than half the people vote. Now, in some countries, it's required... Though, even in those countries, it wasn't in the 90s, mostly it was the high 80s. But still, the U.S. has a pretty abysmal turnout. Make it a paid holiday. <laughs> the highest U.S. turnout ever was in 1876 at 81%. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but Happens. such a smaller percentage of the population was voting back then. Yes, very true. We'll get into that, actually. And the highest in the last 100 years was 63% in 1952. Who was? I don't remember. In Washington, we have mail-in voting. Yep. So next, Article 7 of the Nevada Republican Central Committee bylaws says okay. that in the event of a tie, the winner will be determined by what? I can't wait for this answer. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, Slot machine. <laughs> three sevens in a row. Yeah. Kino. <laughs> um, skipping stones. Cow pie bingo. <laughs> no, it's drawing the high card out of a deck. Wow. Oh, that, that's awesome, Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> the last time this was used was 2008. What? Yep. <laughs> what? Where was I? <laughs> Oh, I was out of state. That's good. <laughs> Drawing the high card out of a deck. You couldn't come up with something that was non-gambling or prostitution? <laughs> no, it's Nevada. It's their <laughs> whole... Gibson to win. So in 1967, in Pioza, Ecuador, they elected what as their mayor? Dog. I've heard a story like that. In Ecuador, you said? Yep. Jaguar. A tree. Hmm. Well, that stuff was all too animate, I feel. It was a popular brand of foot powder. <laughs> Bam! Tough out to connect. <laughs> Look, this stuff works. So during the election, Pulvapies thought it would be cute to run an ad campaign. And it said, vote for any candidate. But if you want well-being and hygiene, vote, vote for Pulvapies. <laughs> And they also distributed little recreations of the ballot with pulvapies for mayor, and people turned them in, so pulvapies won. <laughs> Sounds good to me, I guess. <laughs> no. System is working. <laughs> so we're on to our terms. What is a pork barrel? Uh, isn't this... I, pork is like a thing you add on to a bill. Pig. I'm going to say it's a thing you add on to a bill. Yeah, like pork barrel spending is like the stuff... That people get for their individual constituencies um, added onto bills to sort of like make them popular with the people in their region. Oh, Kelly, that that used to be the thing. Today, some guy tried to add on a thing to make the Democratic Party illegal. <laughs> that was today. <laughs> I don't think that's pork barrel spending, though. I think that's a poison pill. <laughs> the pork barrel is the term for all the candidates of parties that never win. Mm, Coopers yeah. really struggle making pork barrels. 
Well, Kelly basically got it. This is basically when a person gets elected as a result of pandering to a certain region. And then once they are elected, they make sure a lot of nice things happen for that area. What? That never happens. There's <laughs> nice things, huh? AP U.S. history for the win. <laughs> so what's a donkey vote? It's a vote for the Democrats. Yeah, right? It's where I cast my vote and then punch the elector in the back of the head. <laughs> So when you vote for a specific candidate just to be an ass. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when someone goes to vote and more or less just fills out the ballot at random. <laughs> you don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. This, this is more common in places where voting is required by law. So they just go in and just like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, I'm leaving. This is like the people who voted for Brexit because they thought it was funny. <laughs> that wasn't at random. <laughs> no, but it was dumb. Yeah. So we're going to go on a term here that you guys might know, but in case people don't, I want to make sure we cover it. What is gerrymandering? It's where you drop the districts of your uh, state or county or whatever in to favor a specific party. Yes. I mean, that's correct. I'm trying to think of a funny <laughs> answer instead. Well, the actual answer has some, some kind of funny... Uh, history to it but yeah that, that's basically it so yeah if you don't know what it is it's complete and utter bullshit so here's how it works let's say you're in power and you know the vote is going to come down to one area with 100 people in it you're pretty sure you know how everyone is going to vote and it's going to be 60 people against you and 40 people for you so you're going to lose but these 100 people are divided into 10 groups. So whoever has the majority of groups wins, not the majority of the 100. So you divide everyone into groups so that there are six groups with six people who are going to vote for you in it. And then the remaining four people are spread out in the other four groups. So in those four groups, you lose nine to one. But in the other six, you win six to four meaning you win six of the 10 groups and you win the election. And this is not illegal. It's not illegal. Yep. This little trick was first pulled in Massachusetts in 1812 by a governor named Elbridge Jerry. Uh, and people said that his strange district lines looked like a salamander, so thus the term gerrymander. Dang, that's Jerry the move. joke I was about to make. I was going to say, wait, no, I have a joke answer. It's when it's, it's when Seinfeld becomes a tiny lizard. Yeah. <laughs> And that concludes our acid pop quiz. Can I say a little bit about gerrymandering? Gerrymandering. <laughs> it's becoming more and more of a problem now. Oh, yeah. Because now they have computer algorithms that uh -huh. can figure it out really specifically. Yeah. And so it's gotten a lot more precise and uh, more dangerous. And it's been coming up to the Supreme Court. And so far, the Supreme Court hasn't really pushed back too hard but they're starting to say this is this is looking funky yeah it's so it's stupid it. like <laughs> there's just no getting around it yeah anyway that concludes our acid pop quiz yay everything's good <laughs> voting and <laughs> the that ever happens bye <laughs> so we're on to our stories i mostly wanted to talk about the u.s in the hopes of inspiring some of my fellow country people to get out there and vote but i did want to talk about some problems that other nations have First off, what may be the strangest, did you know that North Korea has an election every five years? <laughs> sure. Is it compulsory? Because there's only, if there's if there's two choices on there, one box gets you a Kim Jong-un and the other one gets you a bullet. <laughs> well, let me tell you how it works. First off, everyone over the age of 17 has to vote. Okay. Everyone. 
The only exception is people who are out at sea don't have to come back just to vote. So, on election day, everyone lines up at the polling stations. When they get to the front, they are handed their ballot. It is a white piece of paper with a single name on it. Kim Jong-un. You then take your piece of paper to the ballot box and drop it in. Oh, no. The only thing is, there is a pencil just there next to the ballot box. So if you feel inclined to do so, you can cross out Kim Jong-un's name, you know, the living deity with brainwashing internment camps, (laughs) and write in whoever you want instead. Thank you, Mouse. But they could probably do away with the pencil because, according to the government, they have a 99% turnout for elections, and so far, Kim Jong-un has gotten 100% of the votes. Is this like his father getting a 19 on their national golf course? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad he missed one stroke. (laughs) Look, he's human, just like us. (laughs) So then, your important work done, you get the rest of the day off to party. Congratulations, Kim (laughs) Jong-un. Well, I the, mean, if they're the not communist gonna, party, if they're not going to give you a choice either way, at least they give you the day off afterwards. <laughs> yep, they do get a nice party. Well, I, we could go on and on about North Korea. I just watched a video about those crazy, uh, like the traffic girls. Mm. Traffic girls. Kim Jong Un basically hires pretty girls to stand out in empty streets and direct imaginary traffic. What? <laughs> Very important. And once you become not pretty enough, he's like, "That's not good. Get out of here. <laughs> the mines with you." So in Brazil, everyone has to vote. That sounds like a great way to get people out there to the polling stations, but a lot of people don't like being forced into an election. There's a term in Brazil called a cacareco vote, or garbage vote, so which basically means voting for not a candidate. This isn't just a term for throwing away a vote, it's referring to a specific incident in 1958 when a rhino from a local zoo was elected to city council. Yay! (laughs) He's really going to clean up the place. Uh, Well, it was a she, but her name was Kakareko. Ah. She got 100,000 votes in a landslide victory. Was that all random or was that planned? Uh, Well, I think there was a, a local college that they basically started a vote for Kakareko hmm. movement and, and she won. <laughs> so most recently, a man who dropped out of school at age nine and became a clown named Terry Terry Ka or Grumpy. <laughs> Grumpy. Yep. Ran for the House of Deputies. His platform was basically, what the heck do deputies even do? I mean, seriously. <laughs> if I'm elected, I'll find out and let you know. <laughs> I'll learn all about it. <laughs> and his priceless slogan of it can't get any worse. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. That. I'm feeling the guy. Yeah. yeah right. So, Terry Terry Kaw got 1,353,355 votes, <laughs> getting him a seat. The deputy with the second most votes got about 700,000. So, <laughs> so he was reelected and served for seven years, but God. he has decided not to run again. He got up and delivered a speech for the first time ever, and he basically said, I'm embarrassed for all of you. I am ashamed of all the corruption and laziness in this house. Of 513 deputies elected, only eight show up regularly, and I am one of those eight, and I am a clown. (laughs) A sad, sad clown. And I'm grumpy. (laughs) I didn't do much in my time, but at least I was here. Crazy. And then he dropped the mic. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) 
Then there was the general election for president in Liberia in 1927. Their current president was named Charles King. Charles so, yes, a president named King. And he was running for his third term against Thomas Faulkner. Now, I couldn't find out how many people lived there in 1927, but what we do know is that they had 15,000 registered voters. After the polls were closed and the votes were tallied, Faulkner had received 9,000 votes, or 60%. Way to go, Faulkner. But wait, turns out that King had received 243,000 votes, uh. or 1,620% of the votes. Amazing. <laughs> and I think we can all agree 1,620 is larger than 60. Yes. Yes. I argue with that. Now, Faulkner cried foul, but rather than complaining about the election, he went straight to the heart of the matter and accused King and many other officials of slavery. Oh, okay. Now, this was particularly troubling in Liberia because it was established as a refuge for former slaves from America. So the League of Nations looked into it and found that the local people were exploited to such a degree that it was indistinguishable from slavery. This is the same thing. Yeah. King stepped down and was replaced by another member of the same party. Faulkner tried again in 1931, but he was never elected, sadly. Too bad. And uh, last one here is a story about why you should maybe pay a little bit of attention to who your candidates are. So Robert Bob Casey of Pennsylvania was a very successful politician. I'm Rob Bob. <laughs> Wouldn't that make him like Bob Bob? Well, I think Bob was, you know, Bob's the his nickname. So just Bob Casey. Gotcha. But he was elected to the Senate in the 1960s at an, as an auditor general in the 1970s and as governor in the 1980s. So clearly the people liked him. Trouble is, Bob Casey is a pretty common name. So... <laughs> When the good citizens of Pennsylvania saw that Bob Casey was running for state treasurer in 1976, he won in a landslide victory. But this was not the Bob Casey they were looking for. No. It was a Bob Casey who worked as an official in a district no one besides the people who lived there had ever even heard of. <laughs> he spent less than $1,000 on his campaign, hoping that his shared name would see him through. Oh, no. <laughs> and it did. Good job. Brilliant. So well, in fact, that yet another Bob Casey tried it again in 1978 <laughs> when he ran for lieutenant governor and won. <laughs> he was a school teacher from Pittsburgh. When, People are now changing their name yeah. to Bob Casey. <laughs> it's the debate of Bob Casey versus Bob Casey. So when original flavor Bob Casey became governor in 1986, his committee was called the Real Bob Casey Committee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk a bit about voter suppression in the U.S. It's a problem. It is and was and will be. <laughs> now, from the get-go, the powers in charge have not wanted to lose their power just because of a silly thing like most people in their democracy don't like them. So the incumbent have done their best to make sure that the best and the brightest, i.e. their supporters, can vote. In the beginning, the list of reasons why you couldn't vote was long. Non-white, non-male, non-land-owning, non-Christians were right out, or about 94% of the population. Can I pretend to be Christian? <laughs> <laughs> so that was in 1789. In 1790, they were like, okay, if you moved here from another country, I guess you can vote, so long as you're still white. So over the next few decades, states started dropping the requirement to own land and allowed free black slaves to vote. 
A handful even allowed women to vote, if you can believe it. Ooh, dangerous radicals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then in 1870, the 15th Amendment guaranteed black people the right to vote. So for the white conservatives, shit just got real. (laughs) But don't worry, they had a plan. (laughs) It's called cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they couldn't stop black people from voting because they were black. But lucky for them, there were lots of other reasons they could stop them from voting. Lots of states brought back owning land as a requirement. If you spent your whole life as a slave, you ain't got much in the way of land. Some made literacy a requirement. Slave owners didn't often prioritize an education in their free labor. Not to mention, not only were these literacy tests bullshit, they were only given to people they didn't want voting. Right. (laughs) But some of the recently freed slaves could indeed read, so they made the tests utter bullshit. Stuff like... Draw a line around the number or letter in this sentence. What? Yep, that's the Uh, test. So, yeah, there's no right answer to that. Or they would have them read the Constitution out loud, all 20 pages of it, with sentences like, Representatives and direct taxes shall be appropriated among several states which may be included with this union, according to their representative numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons, including those bound to service for the term of years, and excluding Indians not taxed their three-fifths of other person. (laughs) Yep, and I just failed. So if you fumble a single word, sorry, champ, better luck next time. Others just created a voting tax of a dollar, which would be about $43 in today's money. And that's a lot just to write on a piece of paper. And most states did a combo of all of these. If you were white, however, they just assumed you had land slash could read slash already paid your tax. Also beating people caught voting. That was a good deterrent. Yeah. Oh, and I was going to say a group of six wackos decided to wear costumes, travel around and beat and or kill black people and people who advocated for black rights to try and stop them from voting. They called themselves the Ku Klux Klan. (laughs) Sure. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't so, vote if there were spooky ghosts around. <laughs> so these methods were so effective that by 1940, only 3% of black citizens were registered to vote. <sighs> <laughs> but people kept trying to do the right thing. Women got the right to vote in 1920. Then in 1924, the U.S. said, okay, natives, I guess so long as you promise to leave your tribes behind... You can vote. Pardon? Yep. Native Americans couldn't vote until 1924. And then the rights kept trickling in and drying up for the next few decades until 1965, when the U.S. put its collective foot down and passed the Voting Rights Act of 1965. It's sort of an all-purpose document that people can point to when being discriminated against while voting. But sadly, even that hasn't been the end of it. The latest technique is to say that everyone needs an ID to vote simply to stop voter fraud is the claim. Which is such a big problem. Yeah, there's a number of problems. First, these claims of dangers of voter fraud are usually made by Republicans, and the push of ID requirements is mostly a Republican movement. But in 300 million votes, there were only 86 fraudulent voters found. Out of 300 million. That's pretty good. Yeah. And some of them were just like honest mistakes. Right. Well, those are just the ones that we found. (laughs) (laughs) And while it's true that most of those were Democrat, it's also true that most of those were due to incorrect filling out of forms rather than sinister motivations. So it's also true that 
poor people without cars, so people without a need for a driver's license, immigrants without IDs, and people intimidated by paperwork are most likely Democrats, and the rules aren't applied fairly. For instance, in Texas, a student ID doesn't count. Students are more likely to be Democratic, but a gun license does, <laughs> most likely to be held by Republicans. What yeah, if I have my name I, written on my underwear? They yeah. do a lot of stuff to try to keep college students from voting. Like when I was in college, I couldn't vote near my college. I had to vote in my home district, Yeah, which was not close by. Yeah. But while these rules make it harder to vote, there's usually a way. It just takes more work. So yeah, I mentioned the Jim Crow laws, and I wanted to talk about how these started to come about, or rather how they started to come about and not be beaten down by the federal government for being complete bullshit. Well, first they killed Brandon Lee, and then he came back for (laughs) (laughs) So it all started with the presidential election of 1876. That was the one with the highest voter turnout ever. So it was just a handful of years after the Civil War. The country was in a recession, tensions were high, and federal troops were spread all throughout the South to try to force them to be civil to the newly freed black slaves. Whoever was going to be president had a tough job ahead of them. The two candidates were Rutherford B. Hayes and Samuel L. Tilden. Now, this was when the Republicans and the Democrats were backwards, so (laughs) I'll say that Hayes was from the North, anti-slavery, and Tilden was from the South, super-duper pro-slavery. It seemed like neither one really wanted this shitty job as Hayes didn't vote for himself. And when Tilden was accused of voter fraud, he said, no comment. Yeah, I did it. So what? (laughs) So people had really strong feelings about how this election should go. There was mass violence against black voters and people who looked like they might vote for Hayes. The KKK rode into a village in South Carolina and just started shooting people. Oh, no, they're very fine people. I've heard this. 200 armed men chased a group of black men into a warehouse and then threw in some dynamite. So, yeah, it was a rough election. The following morning, when the dust was settling, Tilden had 184 of 369 votes. So one vote shy of victory. Hayes had 165. Then there were 20 regions who had some troubles. If Hayes somehow managed to get all 20 of those, he would have won. But it's hard to say. One such area had 101% voter turnout, so (laughs) something fishy was up. Another started a recount but was stormed by protesters who tore everything up. (laughs) So there was nothing on the books about how to handle this, so a committee was formed to settle it. It was supposed to have 15 members, seven Democrats and Republicans, plus one independent. But five people dropped out, including the independent, so the remaining five Republicans and five Democrats were in a dead heat. Hmm. After a few weeks, states were starting to set up their own independent governments, so something needed to happen and fast. A deal. This fight. Well. A deal was finally struck where all 20 remaining votes would go to Hayes, meaning that he would win, but in return, all the federal troops would be withdrawn from the South. Mm. And so they did, and so the South promptly got to work oppressing black citizens. And that was how we ended up with so many Jim Crow laws. Hey, welcome to the South. We're down home and fun. Also, (laughs) Okra. Yeah, Oprah. Oprah? Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) Oprah. 
Yeah. Eh, oh, just man. for the record, as long as we're, you know, counting, talking about every citizen voting or what do you say? 86% that election? 81. Yeah. 81. And then just like less than 400 votes. That's because of the electoral college, Yeah, which is dumb. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> so lastly, let's talk about some times when one vote was very important. First, in an election in 2008 in India, President of the Rajasthan, C.P. Joshi, was up for re-election. He got 62,215 votes, but his opponent got one more. (laughs) Wow. He tried to contest this in court, alleging that his opponent's wife had voted twice. But it came out that not only had his wife not voted twice, but Joshi's chauffeur, mom, and wife, who had been so wrapped up in campaigning, they had forgotten to vote for him. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot, dear. I, it's not not a political thing or that I don't like you. It's just, you I know, don't silly me. I don't understand how you could not, like, you're doing the campaigning. Yeah, right. Yeah. So in 1839, Marcus Morton won a race for governor by a single vote. Then, three years later, he won again by a single vote. His close calls earned him the nickname Landslide Morton. (laughs) That's a pretty cool nickname. Yeah. He didn't even have to kill anybody to get it. (laughs) (laughs) During an election for a legislation seat in Carinthia, Austria in 2013, Bodnis Zukunft Osterich was up against the Green Party in a dead heat. As the votes were counted, the two parties were tied with one vote left in the box. Oh, no. The final vote was for the Green Party, but it was a bittersweet victory because instead of using a check mark, the voter had drawn a tiny penis. (laughs) (laughs) That counts. That counts. We'll take it. (laughs) Say, normally this wouldn't count, but apparently they were so moved by what a tidy job the voter had done of it, the Green Party won. I just write in the name of our Lord and Savior. (laughs) Those are Republicans. Hanging chads and dangling dicks. (laughs) And that was the last of the stories that I had. Hmm. Vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, the last time we went to vote was during the last presidential election. Because normally they send me like a, a, a mail-in ballot. It's sure. wonderful. And we stood next to people that were just so racist. <laughs> I tried. I played I, I played Professor Layton on my phone and tried to ignore the overt racism. Yeah. Next time, just read the, read the Professor, professor, professor Layton like narrative out loud. <laughs> How many matchsticks does it take to <laughs> drown them out? There was a, in the last uh, elections in 2018, I guess, there was, it was either Vermont or Virginia, I think, where the state house ended up tied. And yeah. Flipped a coin to yeah. the side. Yeah. That's pretty common. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's not playing war with a deck of cards, but I guess. <laughs> Less drama. And Meet me in the- Overwatch. We'll settle this. <laughs> <laughs> 1v1 me, bro. Street Fighter 2. <laughs> I did miss voting in my first presidential election. Sean will remember this. Well, you got deathly ill the morning of the yeah, election. I fainted and fell down the stairs. A lot. <laughs> I was very disappointed that I didn't get to go vote. But uh, yeah, I was busy not being able to move in bed. Sure. And people always say, like, I don't vote because it's not going to ma- matter. It matters. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It does. And I, I do want everyone to vote. If you take nothing away from this, you know, people try 
to prevent you from voting in every way that they can because your vote matters. <laughs> so get out there and use it. But I mean, to be honest, every place that I've ever lived and been able to vote in, like they've all been pretty squarely one-sided, you know, yeah. it, it was never even close. And, you know, so Nevada you know. has shifted quite nicely, actually. Yeah. I, I've never voted in Nevada, but. Oh, you're missing out. Yeah. yeah it's great. There's <laughs> they've got card tricks. <laughs> no. I've only voted in two states and they were decidedly. Simultaneously, you're under arrest. <laughs> <laughs> I got to vote uh, overseas in the Navy. Oh, yeah. An absentee ballot? I heard those are illegal now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, no. Absentee ballots are okay. Mail-in ballots oh, are yeah. terrible. I, you know, I'd call him a freaking orange dildo, but dildos have a purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and people like them. <laughs> and they bring people pleasure. <laughs> Get out of here, Cheetolini. <laughs> <sighs> well, if nobody has any more personal stories, we'll move on to what are your morals worth? Oh my. So this is going to be a tough one. Turns out that the vote is exactly tied and the last vote is yours. I forgot to vote. <laughs> How much would someone have to pay you to vote the opposite of the way you're going to vote? What are we I voting cannot... for? Let's say the president. Nope. Oh, nope. No. no amount of money? If no amount of money. Billion dollars. <laughs> I feel like they made a movie about this once. I feel like they did too. I cannot think of what it is. <sighs> zero, zero money. I will run away. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Cheeto face. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Adam? Can you be bought? I mean, I'm sure there's an amount up there somewhere. It's going to be really high if you're talking about this next election. Uh, and it has to not be coming from him. Yeah. I mean, who else would it be coming from at this point? Well, it won't come from him. They always make sure to distance themselves from those sorts <laughs> okay. of things. It'll come from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all in rubles. We trick you. 50 billion is $5. <laughs> well, the one thing I can be comforted on is that no matter who gets voted for in this next election of our two options, they're so old, they'll probably be dead within six weeks anyway. So. True. No, you don't understand. He can read five words in a row. Yeah, he can <laughs> See what an elephant is, or something. <laughs> yeah, can I then use that money? To <laughs> apparently, but I'm going to need to <laughs> people to get to a, a place in the line of power that I'm. I, I'm not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> Come for me. Never I mean, mind. That was a joke. According to Andy's episode, you only need like three thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I, I mean, know. I don't know if I want to go fifty billion like Andy. Billion. Seriously, though, Gerard, cut. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard stories. Um, I don't know, like a hundred million. Hundred million. That's. I mean, that's a lot of money. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Had him no. <laughs> Sorry, they're not going to give me that, will they? Will they? <laughs> will, will, will any of you do it? Let's say. Let's say opening bid, and we can negotiate from there. <laughs> he never makes good on his debts. I'll, I need to collect first. Yeah, because I need the money up front. And then this I want to pe- vote privately. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely could be bought, I think. Because if you gave me enough money to like leave this whole mess behind. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd, uh, I'd take my chances and run. Uh, billions of dollars. All our family still lives here. <laughs> yeah, but our family's largely Republican, so that'll be fine. <laughs> And also, it's fifty billion dollars. Not my family. (laughs) I think your family's still largely, mostly Republican. Uh, Extended family. Oh yeah. 
I don't, yeah, that's going to be a couple million at least. Let's say 10. 10 million? I go start a new life somewhere else and our useless government would continue to not do anything for four years. I'm not sure I can come with you, Sean. (laughs) $50 billion, I get to punch him once. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty nice. Might be all it takes. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for this week. Thanks to my co-host for joining me today. Thanks to our editor-elect, Gerard. If you'd like to find more from us, you can look us up on Instagram or Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast. And you can contact us through our Reddit forum or by our email, acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can look us up there. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, vote. Bye.